All right, you guys ready for the word today? Hebrews chapter 11, beginning in verse 1. When you have it, say, I have a vision. It reads this way. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. And by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. It goes on to say that by faith, somebody say by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, though which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it, being dead, still speaks. By faith, somebody say by faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. It was not found because the Lord had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. It goes on to say, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, watch this, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Before you're seated, I'm going to ask you to be the preacher. Look over at your neighbor today and tell them, if you're going to see your vision happen, you're going to need faith. Give them a high five and you may be seated today. This is Vision Sunday, and I'm hoping and praying that many of you will answer the call of God to take it to another level. And this morning, I want to speak to you on the subject of the formula for a fulfilled vision. The formula for a fulfilled vision. Here's my question to you this morning. What are you believing God for in 2016? With that thought in mind, as we look at the portion of scripture we read, we find that the scripture teaches us that great people of faith have always had the ability to see things before they happen. Think about that for a moment. People of greatness, people of great accomplishment have always had the ability to see things before they happen. So my question to you this morning is what do you see when you think about the future. That's why faith is required. Something we can learn from scripture is that faith is a friend of vision. Say that with me. Say faith is a friend of vision. Because the Bible teaches us that without faith, vision cannot become a reality. See, here's what I believe this morning is that the world is crying out for people of faith and vision to rise up. I believe that with all my heart. I believe that when you look at the backdrop of the world we live in, there's a shortage of people who are possessing a godly vision. And understand that in order for that godly vision to come to pass, it's going to require faith. Why does the world need people of faith and vision to begin to rise up? Well, I'll tell you this about vision is that vision creates spiritual territory for our lives. Write that down. Vision creates spiritual territory for our lives and not only spiritual territory for our life, but spiritual territory for those who are following us. When God gives you a vision, God's always going to speak to you about creating spiritual territory. 
He wants to create spiritual territory for you. He wants you to create spiritual territory for your children, for your loved ones, for your family members. Can I hear a good amen? See, when God gave a vision to Abraham, God spoke to him about a promised territory. He spoke to him about going into a good land. Somebody say good land. Many of you know what I'm talking about because you're in that good land right now. Many of you have been experiencing that good land in your life for many years. God's blessed you with the marriage. God's blessed you with the home. Many of you have a, a, a good earning job and your, your life is in a good place. How many could say amen? So when God spoke to Abraham, he spoke to him about a good land, about a good territory. Jabez, when he began to pray, he began to ask the Lord to enlarge his boundaries, to begin to enlarge his borders. We talked about it a couple weeks ago, that it's not a bad thing to ask God to give you more space. Can I hear an amen? When God spoke to Abraham about giving him territory, and when Jabez began to ask the Lord to enlarge his borders, recognize that it wasn't only for self. Look over at your neighbor and tell them, it's not just about you. But recognize that God also spoke to them about people. See, the reason the Lord will enlarge our territory is because people are in the heart of God. Talk to me, somebody. What about Noah? He told Noah to build an ark. He gave Noah a specific task. And the vision that God gave Noah was that Noah would build an ark not only for the salvation of himself, but also for the salvation of his family. See, this is what vision is all about. As we gather to get today on Vision Sunday, we recognize that vision is not only about us, and vision is not only about our future, but vision creates space for us, and vision creates space for others. Now, where does this vision take place? If you're taking notes, write this down. This vision first takes place in our thinking. So I guess the question in 2016 is, what are you thinking about? What's going on in your mind? What occupies your thoughts? What do you dream about? Someone said the empires of the future are first the empires of the mind. The Bible says, as a man or a woman thinks in their heart, so are they. How many know it begins in the mind? It begins in the thinking. I like this quote. It says, the future belongs to those who see possibilities before they become obvious. Now, how many know this morning that we would not be where we are today unless someone saw the possibilities before they became obvious? We are not here today because we stumbled upon something. We are not here by accident. We are not here because we got lucky. Can I hear an amen? We are here because somebody tapped into the heart of God for you and I. Come on and thank the Lord for those people. Somebody tapped into the heart of God for you and I. Somebody visualized the church before the church came to pass. Somebody visualize you and I before we even got here. Somebody tap into God's vision for our life, and that's why we are here today. I think we should be thankful to the Lord because somebody saw the possibilities. You see, when I think about Victory Outreach San Diego, what do I think about? I think about a church. I think about a ministry. I think about a family that God has given us a vision. That we don't gather here every week just so that we can hang out together. 
We don't gather here every week just so that we can hear some good music and get a few little goosebumps and make our way home. No, we gather together because God has given us a clear and specific vision. How many can say amen? God's given us a task. And there are people here today that recognize that we would not be here as a family unless somebody tapped into the invisible. You say, what has God done in Victory Outreach San Diego in these last few years? I know that we could have some new people here today, quite possibly. You're inquiring about the church. Maybe 2016 was a year where you said, you know, I really got to get back to the things of God. I really want to serve God with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength, and I'm looking for a church. Well, let me tell you something. If you're visiting us today, you are a part of a church that has a divine purpose given from God. You, you are a part of a church today that is going somewhere. You say, what has God done to the people of Victory Outreach? Well, first thing is that we've built an amazing church. This is an awesome church. How many know there's an atmosphere in this place? There's an atmosphere of joy. There's an atmosphere of vision. There's an atmosphere of victory. Every time we come together, how many of you know we can feel the presence of God? See, God has given us a, a group of incredible people. Tell your neighbor, you're awesome. Come on, somebody. We're a church that believes in one another. We're not a church that puts each other down. We're not a church that backbites each other. We're not a church that gossips about each other. Come on, somebody. We want to build one another up in the things of God. We want to see everybody get to the place that God has called them to be. He's given us a vision. And you know what? This year, we're going to be celebrating 30 years of ministry in the city of San Diego. We bought some banners that have been up in the office, and we're going to be hanging them on out there, and we're going to be welcoming people into a church that didn't just start last week. Come on, somebody. But how many know we've been doing this for a mighty long time? We've been impacting San Diego for a mighty long time. Come on and give God a praise. He's been faithful. And guess what? We're still going strong. That even after all these years of doing ministry, we're still going strong, and we're getting stronger every day. The second thing is that we've impacted families all over the city. You can talk to people anywhere you go in San Diego and ask them about the ministry of Victor Arch and if that ministry has impacted them. And you will find at least someone in their family that has been impacted by this ministry. Imagine that after 30 years of doing ministry, you're bound to make an impact, aren't you? And we've impacted families all over the world, not only by building ministries, not only by adding services, not only by sharing the word week in, week out. You know what I love about our church is that Victory Arch San Diego is the church that never sleeps. How many know this church is not only alive on Sunday? Come on, talk to me. We're not only alive on Sunday. If you come to this church on Monday, it's bumping up in here. You come here on Tuesday, it's bumping up in here. You come in on Wednesday, it's all packed out. Come on, somebody. You come in on Thursday, there's meetings taking place. You come in on Friday, the young people are tearing it up for Jesus. Even on a Saturday, even on a Saturday, there's something going on. There's always something going on at Victory Outreach San Diego. We are the church that never sleeps. And we've not only made an impact in families, but we've blessed people. We give, we've given out, just in the last five years, I'll tell you, we've given out countless amounts of toys and clothes and food and 
and backpacks and just helped a whole lot of people. We've literally helped thousands of people in this city because that's the heart that God has given us. How many are proud of your church? Come on, how many are proud of your church? The third thing is not only do we have a local vision and not only are we making a local impact, but understand we're making a global impact as well. Do you know that the impact of Victory Outreach San Diego is being felt all over the world? You know that you can feel it all over the world? I know there could be some people here today say, well, I've never gotten out of San Diego. I've never even, you know, gotten past San Onofre. Come on, somebody. But I want to tell you something. Even though you've never left San Diego, you're still making an impact through your finances. I was just calculating the other day. Do you know that in the last five years, Victory Outreach San Diego has given over $400,000 to world missions? Come on, somebody. Give God a big praise for that. $400,000. Imagine simple people like you and I, blue-collar people you, like you and I, construction workers and landscapers and small business owners and people who just started out in that company. I want to tell you, God is using simple people here at Victory Outreach San Diego to make a financial impact around the world. You ought to give God a praise for that. I'm talking about you. Our impact has been felt in El Salvador and Africa and Ireland. And next week, I'll be going to Europe. And I'm going to Europe, listen, with an open mind and an open heart. Because I, I believe that God wants to do something in Europe. You never know what God's going to do. And I want some of you to get ready because if God gives me a vision for Europe, guess who's going to be the next ones to go? Some of you, I believe God is going to raise up out of this church to make an impact in some place around the world. We've not only been given a global vision, but also we've raised up leaders in this church. There are a group of people who are fulfilling the call of God at Victory Outreach San Diego. My question is, are you one of them? Are you one of those people that God is raising up? We've seen hundreds of leaders begin to rise up. We're seeing leaders rise up in the youth ministry. We're seeing leaders rise up in, 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 in the adult ministry. We're seeing le leaders rise up in the music. We're seeing leaders rise up in the evangelism. We're seeing cell group leaders begin to rise up. I'm so excited that now we just started a young adult ministry, and I can't wait to see what kind of leaders come out of that young adult ministry. And not only have we raised up leaders, I want to tell you something. We've planted churches as well. Do you know that in the last Five years, Victory Outreach San Diego has planted eight churches. Eight churches. That's a lot of churches. I know some churches that have been in existence a long time that have only planted one church. But in five years, Victory Outreach San Diego has planted eight Victory Outreach churches in our movement. You ought to give God a praise for that, man. We've planted churches. We've raised up leaders. And guess what? We're not going to stop. We're not going to give up. We're going to stay in the fight. We're going to keep on doing the vision. We're going to keep on in believing in the unbelievable. We're going to keep on working with those that are open to be worked with. I believe there's potential in this room for leaders to begin to rise up. What's the final thing God has done? is that we're also moving as a church. Listen to me, and this is going to get you excited. For some of you that understand this stuff, you're going to get excited. Some of you may not get excited, but some of you are going to get excited. Victor Howard San Diego 
is moving to being a debt-free ministry. Debt-free. And how many know that's an exciting thing? See, how many churches could say that after 30 years, they're still being effective? They say the average lifespan of a church is five years. They say the average lifespan of a pastor is five years. And how many know that not every church can say that after 30 years, it's still being effective for the glory of God? You say, have we come under attack? Yes, we've come under attack. Has the enemy tried to stop us? Yes, the enemy has tried to stop us. Has the enemy thrown everything at us? Has the enemy fought us in a dirty way? Absolutely. The enemy has fought us in a dirty way. But guess what? We're still going forward. We're still doing what God has called. Are there any families here today that can say that no matter what the devil has thrown at you, you're still in the fight. You're still going forward. See, God has graced us with a formula. Somebody say a formula. See, I believe that the formula that worked in the past is going to be the formula that will work in the future. And this morning, I want to just take a couple more minutes to talk to you about the formula for fulfilled vision. Number one, write this down. Vision involves prayer. We've got to pray. How many can say amen? See, vision reveals the unknown in the spiritual realm. And we know that vision can only be obtained through prayer and spending time with God. Why is prayer required, church? Because whenever God gives you a task, it's not a human-sized task. It's a God-sized task. How many know the vision that God has given Victory Outreach is nothing that can be done in human ability? I don't care how talented you, you, you are, how good-looking you may feel. I don't care how much money you have in the bank. It's not going to happen in human ability. It's only going to happen through the power of God. And that's why we need to pray. Maybe you're here this morning and you don't even have a vision. I want to tell you something. When you begin to talk to God, God will begin to show you his divine purpose for your life. But here's what I want to say to you in 2016, church. If we're going to see this vision come to pass, we've got to learn to go to God for everything. I feel this in my spirit so heavy. You say, Pastor, what do you feel for 2016? I'm going to tell you right now, we've got to go to God for everything. We can't, there can't be a day where we don't talk to the Lord. Whatever need is in your life, go to God for it. Whatever vision you have in your life, go to God for it. Problems breaking out in your life, go to God and ask God to bring the relief and bring the breakthrough. Can I hear an amen? You're facing big decisions this year. You're praying for open doors. Don't ask for those open doors until you've gone to God for it. Maybe there's some of you here this morning that you don't need open doors. You need some closed doors in your life. Because last year, those doors took you off track. Listen, let's make a determination in our heart that this year, we're going to go to God for everything. We're going to go to God for our marriages. We're going to go to God for our finances. We're going to go to God for our calling. Can I hear an amen? Let's not make any decisions this year unless we go to God in prayer. And I'm not talking about a little rinky-dink prayer on your car on the way to work. I'm not talking about a little prayer in the shower. I'm talking about getting on your face before the Lord and say, Lord, I'm not going to get up until you speak to me. I've got a need in my life. I want to stay on track this year. Come on, somebody. Let's make a determination that we're going to go to God. See, a true visionary knows how to trust God for every area. And let me, let me tell you this. What are we going to do when God comes through? 
We're going to give him all the glory. That's the other thing I feel. Let's not just go to God in prayer. But when he starts blessing us, let's give him glory for it. In fact, try it right now. Come on and give glory to God if he's been good to you. That's what we got to do. That's what we've got. Let's pray it in, and then let's give God all the glory for it. Come on, give God the glory for that health. Give God the glory for those finances. Give God the glory for that job. Give God the glory that your marriage is doing better than ever. Come on, somebody. Give God the glory for your children. Come on and thank them. Say, Lord, I couldn't do it on my own, so I'm going to pray it in, and I'm going to give you the glory for it. Woo! Come on, somebody. So the first thing is that vision requires prayer. The second formula for fulfilled vision is that vision increases our power. Vision increases our power. Let me say this to you this morning, is that a church that's not praying is a church that's not growing God's way. You can grow a church. Come on, somebody. You can grow a church without God. But how many of you want to grow God's way? Come on now. How many want to grow God's way? See, a church that prays is a church that will possess the power to do what God has called them to do. And I believe that the bigger the vision, the more prayer that's required. How many know there were certain devils that even the disciples couldn't conquer? And they came to the Lord and they said, man, Lord, we couldn't cast out those devils. He says, these only come out through prayer and fasting. Come on, somebody. It's the same thing with your vision. The bigger the vision, the more prayer and dedication to prayer that's required. Can I hear a good amen? amen? But I want you to also understand this this morning. Is that power is not only produced through prayer. And I want you to get a hold of this point today. Is that power is produced when the people of God walk in principles and values. How many of you desire greater power in your life? See, here's the problem, I believe, is that a lot of times we pray, but then we don't walk out the word. A lot of times we pray, and then we go to living life without any values, without any boundaries, without any principle. Can I just preach a little bit today? How many of you want greater breakthrough? How many want to see that harvest come in? Then understand that for your vision to have power, you not only need prayer, but you've got to walk in principles, and you've got to walk in values. Write this down. My values give me power. Write that down. What are values? Values are a person's principles or standards of behavior. Values are described in Webster's Dictionary as one's judgment of what is important in life. Principles, ethics. Listen to this. Moral code. Let me break it down this way. You can't ask God to bless you and then live like a thief. But you know how many people do that? Oh, God, I want blessing. But then you live like, a come on, somebody. Somebody say values. Victory Outreach has values. We have very specific values. We have very important values. You say, why has Victory Outreach been around for almost 50 years? At conference, we'll be celebrating 50 years of ministry. Not 15, 50. As a church, we'll be celebrating 30 years of ministry. In my marriage, pretty soon, very soon, we'll be celebrating 20 years of marriage. 
And personally, Georgina and I will be celebrating 24 years of ministry. Come on, clap for us, man. I clap for you. And I tell you, we've had prayer every step of the way, but more importantly, we've walked in values. We stayed true to the values of this ministry. If you want to make it, walk according to values. You see, what do values do? Let me share this with you. Values are what make us different from the world. Values are what make us different from the world. They are the very thing, watch this, that give us power over the enemy. Values give us power over the enemy and also cause you and I to be a lighthouse for our community. When you're hurting, where do you run? You run to the people that have values. When your marriage is going through it, where do you run? You go to the marriage that's making it. When you're hurting personally and you're going through sickness in your body, you go to the people that no matter what the devil throws at them, they're still sticking it out in the things of God. Come on and help me preach just a little bit this morning. Why are values necessary? Or, or Secondly, why are values necessary? Write this down. Because we've got to understand that there are demonic forces constantly working against the church. The minute you become a Christian is the minute you become a target for the enemy. Touch your neighbor and tell him, I don't want to scare you, but the devil hates you. But that's okay. We hate the devil too. And greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And let me tell you something. If you were born in a Christian family or you've given your life to the Lord, understand that you're a target. You're a target for the enemy. The enemy wants to do all he can to stop you individually. And let me tell you that he also wants to do all he can to stop us as a church and stop us as a ministry. There are constant forces always fighting against us because these forces want to stop us from fulfilling God's assignment within our life. We face them every day. We face them every week, every year. There might be some big challenge that comes your way. But understand, the reason that these challenges come is because the devil doesn't want you to fulfill the vision. So what is required? Thirdly, how do we gain more power? How do we become more powerful as a people? Yes, we're praying, but we're not gaining power. Yes, we're seeking God, but we're not gaining power. What we need is we need a group of people at Victor Outreach San Diego that are going to raise the standard on their values. I want to show you something. I, I asked our media team to make a chart, if they can put that up there. I've been working with some new leaders coming up in our church. Are there any emerging leaders in the house? And we're excited because... I'm teaching them many of the things that I know, many of the things that have made me successful in ministry. And when you look at this little triangle, look at this is not Illuminati. Come on, somebody. <laughs> notice at the top of the triangle, watch this. This is a picture of the church, but notice the higher you go on the triangle, the sharper it becomes. And how we know as senior pastors, we've got to stay real sharp for God. We've got to stay real sharp in the things of God. We've got to stay in prayer. We've got to stay in the word. We've got to keep on fasting. We've got to live our life in a particular way. Can I hear an amen? If Georgina and I are going to be the leaders of this church, we've got to keep a high standard. How many agree with me on that? And you're going to hold us to that standard. Why? Because we affect lives. Mm. You're going to catch this. If we fail, you fail. 
If we sink, you sink. If we don't make it, you don't make it. So as pastors, we've got to have a certain set of values. Then who's behind the pastors? The seniors. Now, I'm not talking about those of you that are senior citizens. Now, some of you might be. But the seniors are the senior leaders. The men and women who are licensed ministers in our movement, they sit in the front rows, the second rows. You always find them at their post. So understand that the standard is not just for the pastors, but the standard is also for the senior leaders. When does a church take a hit? When senior leaders fail to live up to the values. Are you hearing me today? When people who proclaim to be something are not really what they proclaim to be. That weakens the ministry. Who's under the senior leaders? What we call the existing leaders. Many of you who come at 8.30 and you're, you've been faithfully serving the Lord for many years and you've been, you've been faithful to your post and in season and out of season. Many of you have graduated the home. Many of you have gone, been in the ministry a long time. Many of you have never backslidden. You've never fallen short. You've stayed in God's will for your life and God has raised you up and you're helping us to make this church what it is today. You are also standing with the senior leadership and you're standing with your senior pastors so that we can maintain power are you hearing me today how many are grateful for those that have stood the test of time but there's another layer of leaders that God is raising up and we call them the emerging leaders come on emerging leaders make some noise don't be humble right now you know what we're believing for is we're believing that as God begins to develop these emerging leaders watch what's going to happen it's going to bring strength to our church one of the things we're teaching these emerging leaders is to learn to walk in the values. Say values. Notice where the values stand in the triangle. Notice where the values stand in the triangle. Notice the separation, the chasm between the people and leadership. Recognize that there's a gap between those of you who come on Sunday, but those of you who have determined that you're going to become a disciple of Jesus Christ. Notice that there's a dividing line between those of you that are involved in casual Christianity. Now, let me tell you something about my casual crowd. We're here to serve you. We're here to love you. But if you don't eventually take on the values of this ministry, you will start to weaken us as a congregation. Is this too hard for you? How many are ready to grow? See, the dividing line, hear me, the dividing line between the people and the leadership is the willingness to take on the values that give us power. Because values give you power. When you take on the values of the Bible. When you take on the values of walking close to the word of God in your life. When you begin to determine in your heart that you're not going to just be a convert in Christ, but you're going to become a disciple in Christ. And you're going to walk closely with the Lord, not at a great distance, but you're going to commit yourself to the things of God. What are you gaining? You are gaining power in your personal life. See, when you take on the values... I know that we're in an election year, and there's a lot of people vying for the White House and 
what's going to happen with our country and is Donald Trump going to really be president of the United States or is it going to be Hillary? Is it going to be Bernie? Who's going to take the, who's going to take the power? Who's going to lead us? Let me tell you something. When you take on values, you become less worried about what's happening in the White House and more worried about what's happening in your house. Let me say this to you. It's not Barack Obama's responsibility to raise my children. It's not the government's responsibility to provide finances for me. It is God's will and my responsibility to walk according to the word of God and to be the person that God, oh, come on, this is not popular this morning, is it? See, some of you don't want to be challenged. But I declare to you this morning that you cannot change what you are unwilling to confront. You will never overcome a mountain you are unwilling to climb. And what are the benefits of values? The values give you power. The values give you personal power. The values make you a voice in your community. The values make you a voice in your marriage. The values make you a voice in your family. Hey, listen, you, can, you may not always agree with me, but you can't argue with the benefit of values in my life. You may fight the word of God. You can fight me on the word of God. And you can have scriptures to counter my scriptures. And you've read books. And you've done all kinds of stuff in school. And you can counter me on information all you want. And you can argue the word with me. But you can't argue with a transformed life. You can't argue with what God has done for me. You can't argue with what God has done in my marriage. You can't argue with what God has done in my children. You can't argue with how God has healed me. Can I hear an amen? People are amazed. I was just telling someone the other day, say, Pastor, how is it that you're up there preaching? I said, me and Georgina were just having a funny conversation the other day that we're making it drug-free. Because there's a lot of people that would say to us, you should be on pills with the stuff that you've been through. You should be in a psychiatry office, the stuff that you've been through. But guess all I have in my spirit is I have the word. I have prayer. I have a Christian family that's helping me in this tough time. I'm here because I got a hold of the values. Come on and praise him if you know what I'm talking about. I've got power in my life. Because I've got values in my life. I've got power in my life. Because I walk according to certain principles. You know what my prayer is this year as I get ready to close? My prayer is that some of the people will come up a little higher. I'm going to step out of light. That Some of you would come out of the crowd and step into the core. Let me tell you what's going to happen to our church when you do. We're going to get stronger as a church. We're going to get stronger as a people. When some of you get a hold of those values, can I hear an amen? You say, what's the value that I can run with today? Let me give you one. Be faithful to the house of the Lord. Commit that 2016. You're going to be faithful in the house of the Lord. Can I hear an amen? Let me give you the final point today. The formula for fulfilled vision. How many feeling like you're going to do it this year? The third thing is that vision increases our passion and productivity. Say this with me. Say it like you got it. Say passion. This is a church with passion. Let me, let me, let me flip the coin and put it this way. This is not a dead church. Mm, well... Let me say something to you about Pastor Al. Dead church would have not have kept me. 
I know some of you say he's always yelling and sweating and spitting. I know I get it. I get embarrassed by it sometimes. But let me just say something to you, man. I've got a fire shut up in my bones. And when I was sitting in your place, I could tell you now that boring church wasn't going to keep me. You're talking about a guy that was in the neighborhood, a guy that was up and at it early in the morning to the break of dawn. Can I hear an amen? A guy that was involved in a lot of action. Let me say something to you. I didn't get saved to come in church and just sit down. Come on, somebody. If I would have just sat down in church, I would not be here today. But I'm grateful for a ministry called Victory Outreach. That's a ministry of passion that says you don't have to sit down, but you can get involved. Come on, somebody. And I hope and pray we keep the passion. I hope and pray you never apologize for your church. I hope and pray you never get embarrassed by the loud music and the, and the Holy Ghost dancers. Come on, somebody. And the people speaking that heavenly language. Come on, somebody. There's a passion in this house. There's a fire in this house. I believe we got to get this fire out of these four walls and spread the love. Somebody say passion. See, when people believe that the vision is the divine will of God in their life, Passion increases. It is impossible, watch this, for you to believe that it's God's will for you to be here and be dead spiritually. Impossible. It's impossible. Somebody say it's impossible. It's impossible for you to come in every week to sit under this ministry of preaching, to sit under this music, to sit under this atmosphere. Come on, somebody. And not have a desire to be productive. That's why, watch, watch. That's why when sometimes we go home, going through changes about the message. So, man, I feel like he's speaking to me. Listen, I'm not speaking to you. It's the Holy Ghost speaking to you. And sometimes you're going through changes and you're going through little cambios in your life. You know why? You know why? Because there's a battle because you know that you can't sit in this atmosphere and be the same. You know that you can't come to church every week and be the same. You know you're going to be challenged. You're going to be challenged to shout. You're going to be challenged to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. You're going to be challenged to give, right, Victory Outreach? You know that we're not going to let you stay the same even if we have to bug you to the next level. That's just us. Come on, somebody. That's just us. Tell your neighbor, that's just us. Passion. Passion increases. But also when passion increases, watch this, productivity increases. When you have passion in your life, you say, where can I get to work? Where can I channel that passion? Where can I channel that fire? Some of you, are so on fire right now, and you're coming to church every week, you're not doing anything. If you're not careful, your head's going to explode. We're just going to see your head go boom. Oh, man, he had passion, but he didn't get involved. Come on, somebody. And this is your year to get involved. You say, I don't have it all together, Pastor. I've got hangups. I've got issues. I don't care. Do you believe Jesus saved you? Do you have passion in your heart? then there's room for you at Victory Outreach San Diego. Get involved today.
You know, we've got to be careful. Let me just say this as, I get ready, as Matthew comes. That if we're not careful, we're going to have a power outage. How many of you, that's one of the worst experiences? How many of you have been home and you had a power outage? Just waving. It's okay. I've had them. You're like, oh, who didn't pay the, what's going on over here? They shut me off. Church, if we're not careful, we'll have a power outage spiritually. Can I tell you why? Can I tell you why? You know, you, you know all the things I mentioned about the church in the last five years? All the stuff we've done? How many know we've done a lot? One of the things that we've done in our church that I believe has been a good thing, but if we're not careful, could become a bad thing, is we've raised up a lot of leaders and we've sent them out. We've planted eight churches. Just last year, just this year, beginning of the year, we just planted a brand new church in El Cajon. And how many know they're blowing it up? They're doing great. They're doing great. I was talking to Pastor Martin the other day. I said, Martin, I know you starting this church now, but be honest with me, man. Be honest with me. How many of my people did you take? And you know what he said to me? We took 18 families, Pastor. And I wanted to slap. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't want to slap. I wanted to hug him and tell him I love you, mijo. But take your hand out of my cookie jar. I asked him, I go, Martin, what about the kids? How many kids did you take? He goes, Pastor, we took 22 kids. Brother. Is this a church plant or a church split? Come on, somebody. But you know God is doing something great over there? They're almost reaching 100 people every Sunday. Not counting children. But what happens when you send out leaders? How many love Pastor Andre? See how you call for him? He doesn't go to church here anymore. He's in Africa, man. And, you know, when he was here, he was doing the ministry and helping with the motivated. Remember, get motivated. How many used to go to get motivated? And doing a great job. A lot of you came out of that ministry because everybody loves Andre. But let me tell you something. You don't get credit for loving Andre because you don't get credit for loving people that are easy to love. It's the hard ones that you get credit for. Come on, somebody. Loving me when I rebuke you. Come on, no, 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 that's another message. But he was being very effective when he was here. Isn't it true? But then God called him out. And he's been very effective in Africa. I saw that when he came back from Africa, how excited you got. Andre's here. Andre's back. Are you staying? You want to live with me? You need a car? You need this? You know, we love Andre. He loves his home church. And what I saw when he came back and started preaching, <laughs> this is funny. People started coming back to church. Like I started to see certain people. I thought, oh, I haven't seen you in a little bit. Hey, what's going on over there? Well, I'm here to see Pastor Andre. I like the way he preaches. You know, some people were so low, they came out of the grave to see Andre. They were... It's like when I tell Pastor Sonny when he comes preaching, it's packed. I go, Pastor, you raise the dead when you come to San Diego. They come out, the stones are rolled away. 
Pastor Sonny's in church. And then when you leave, they go back to their tomb. <laughs> why am I saying all this? I have no idea. No, I'm just kidding. I know why I'm saying it. Because whenever you send out a leader, power outage, they leave, even if it's a good thing. They leave with their family. They leave with their gifting. They leave with their talent, their treasure. But most importantly, watch this, they leave with their influence. You know what's gonna happen with Pastor Martina and Angela? Because they have their own little following that like them now that they don't come here anymore when they think about going to church they're not going to come here they're going to go down the aid and or they might come and say well, they're not here they're pastor oh that's I'm going to go there there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with that but here's the question I present to you as we send out leaders and we send out workers, not only here in San Diego, but all over the world, are we gonna have enough leaders to have power to impact the people that God has called us to impact? That's why I believe there's some of you that you know you're called. You know God's hand is on your life. Let me say to you, and I'm not, I'm not ashamed, to humble myself here. Tell you, I need you. I need you. I need your, your calling. I need your gifting. I need your talent. I need your ability. I need you. I need you. This is the time where I need you because we've sent out a lot of leaders. But guess what? This is the time where God wants to raise up. You know how we're going to fill out some of these empty chairs? take your place when you after this service you go over to that ministry fair and you look at those tables some of you are singers some of you are are preachers there's a lot of preachers here that you are inactive some of you know the word of God inside and out some of you are disciple makers some of you can work with your hands some of you have so many talents but you know what you're doing you're just coming and you're just being in the crowd but it's time to take on these values it's time to help us Get more powerful. Come on, somebody. Get more powerful than ever. Come on, clap for the Lord. Come on, how, how many can just give God praise if you feel the Lord's calling you? Come on, praise him in this place. Come on, give him praise right now. God is bringing back the power. There's power in this church. Stand with me right now. You know, I want to just... Pray right where you are. I'm not even going to make an appeal because I want to give you time. And then we're going to take an offering. But I want to pray for everyone. If you can get a hold of somebody by the hand right now. And what I want to do today is I want to pray that you would understand that you're not called just to be ordinary. You're not called just to come to church on Sunday and warm a pew, but we're in a real battle. And if you could put that graphic up again, we're in a real battle and, and the church is, a, is, a, is an entity, an organism, but there are forces that are working against us. And we have to stay sharp. I mean, we gotta stay sharp. 
The enemy wants to take us out. The enemy wants to hinder us, wants to stop us. But we as the people have to rise up in a time of need. And I believe that there are many of you that are going to hear this message and you're going to take on these values to another level. It's going to rise up to your place that God has called you to take. It may pertain to your family. It may pertain to your loved ones. It may pertain to your ministry. But we all need to rise up. How many can say amen? As you hold that person's hand, I want to pray for you, Father.